You were my first guest to actually be in studio other than Greg. Oh, really? Yeah. It's really so cool. how have you interviewed other people? First it was on the phone. But then I, I'm, a, I'm a pacer. So like when I'm on the phone, I walk around and then I get sweaty. And within like five or ten minutes, I have the sweatiest pits and it's just very disgusting. But I get like really anxious. So I've started doing them on um, Facebook Messenger. Oh, so then yes. I can do that face to face, and it mm-hmm. feels like I'm having a regular, a, having a regular. So I'm not as sweaty. I'm still a little sweaty. It's not like I'm nervous. I don't know what it is. I'm adrenaline. Just, I'm a it's very. Gotta it's gotta be. I'm a sweaty, sweaty person. <laughs> I could say glisten. other things. You're gonna be one of like women glisten. I glisten. I like to say I. You know, being born in Mississippi, I was given extra sweat glands. You know. When you're, in the, when you're in the South, you need the extra smart lands, though. Wait, what? We're doing a podcast? What if nobody listens? What if everybody listens? What if I say something stupid? Oh, jeez. Here we go. All right. Hello. Welcome, welcome. This is Trisha, and you are listening to Salty with a Side of Sweet. And today, we have an extra special guest because they are in person in studio, if you call it a studio, my little office, my little corner office, um, because she is a local friend, and I'm talking about my friend Tammy. Welcome, Tammy. It's great to be here. I'm <laughs> glad we got a chance to sit down with you. I know, I know. So Tammy was supposed to come in earlier in the week, but she ended up not feeling well, and uh, so we had to change it. I hope everything's feeling, oh, you're yeah. feeling better. Much better. Okay. Much better. I have to say, I'm, I am the worst person when, it, when I get sick. You know, oh, I'm horrible. You know how when people say that men are babies and that they, they, no, no, my husband's a trooper. My kids are troopers. I get a sniffle and I'm like, I can't breathe. My life is ending. Yeah. I'm the same. I will lay on the couch. Yeah. Feign near death. Yeah. Just so that he'll come tuck the blankets around my feet yeah. and make me hot tea. And yeah. Say all the right things. Yeah. But he's a wimp too. <laughs> so... If we're both down at the same time, it's it's a no-go. The house, the house shuts down. That's funny. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Now we can both be brave and yes. on the radio or podcast there you go. today. So, um, so one of my podcasts, I don't know if you've been listening. I've only put out two plus my mini episodes. But my second podcast with Dana, Dana was my geocaching friend in Hawaii. Oh. And um, we talked about how I got into geocaching. And that you were the one that introduced it to me. So anybody listening, if you remember the podcast with Dana where we talk about um, the person who's like the crazy the crazy um, geocache lady that's got like a thousand geocaches, that is Tammy here. Well, I've gotten a little crazier since the last time we <laughs> chatted about geocaching. I'm over 5,000 now. Holy shit. Yeah, but and that, oh that is like piddles, piddles in the bucket compared to some other folks. Um, I cashed with two other women. Together mm-hmm. we call ourselves the Tick Magnets. Mm-hmm. And um, they went on a trip this past weekend. I wasn't able to go. But they happened to run into, uh, I want to say his name was Spider. That's his geo nick. I'm okay. a spider or something along that line. But he's number four in the world as oh, far as yeah. the most geocaches found. He has like 132,000. He's been on some kind of geocaching streak since 2007 where he gets them all the time. That's insane. That is absolutely insane to me. I can't imagine, like... Like, how many days... Yeah. He was on a two-week vacation to just geocache between, like, 
Florida wow. or Mississippi or something along. That's that's dedication. That's that that's is. a that's a level of dedication I don't have. That's like more than a just like a hobby. That's yeah, that's yeah. a that's an obsession. That is this is what I do. I'm independently wealthy or I'm okay that I'm poor. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't can spend some money geocaching. I, I can tell you you can spend some money geocaching. Well, I mean, especially if you're on a two week vacation. Chewy. Okay, sorry for anyone listening. Chewy is just in a tizzy because he is beside himself that someone is here and so he's just very excited. Um, but yeah, I mean, two weeks you gotta have a hotel. You gotta. I mean, get a rental car. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now we've we've taken cruises for the sole purpose of geocaching. Yeah, you know, we've been to Bermuda, we've been to Cuba, we've done the Bahamas. You know, and, and it's it's a group of crazy geocachers that get together for a week long vacation, and you know, you geocache in each country and, and do that. And I thought that was crazy. Mm-hmm. But one hundred thirty-two thousand—that's that's, that's seriously crazy. Like that. yeah. That's seriously crazy. Wow. Well, do you remember the geocache that you introduced, that you took me and Caleb and introduced us to yes, the geocaching? Yes, yes. We were in Florida and we did the pirate's chest. Yes. It was the craziest cache. Yes. Um, I I remember this because we, I don't, it, that, that weekend, um, when I think back on that weekend, so there were four of us fam- moms, I was going to say families, but it was four of us moms, and we decided to go down for a weekend and take our kids to mm-hmm. Panama City, and we, being homeschool moms, you naturally kind of are take-charge people. Right. So you had four take-charge people, all with kids that don't know boundaries because <laughs> they don't go to public school. <laughs> There's truth in that. <laughs> And we we have and there was a variety of ages too. Yes, yes. I want to say the youngest um, was Sherry's. Didn't she bring her youngest one? Mm-hmm. And he was only like, like maybe three, three or, or four, four mm-hmm. at the time. And then all the way up to your oldest, right. um, who was like middle school age mm-hmm. at the time, I think. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. And I remember you coming and just saying, "Hey." Uh, you and Caleb come with me real quick. And I don't remember really what it was, just like, oh, she get me out of this? Okay, we're, we're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> if she's going to, like, hit me over the head and bury me, bury me in the sand, I think I'm willing to do it for a little bit, you know, to get out of here. And then, yeah, you took us, and you're like, so this is what the boys and I have been doing. And, yeah, I thought it was really cool. But I was happy it was an exciting catch. It yeah. wasn't just something, like, a lot of times you'll find like a pill bottle, somebody put a little right. paper in and threw it behind a tree or whatever. Yeah. But it was nice that it was a, a engaging, entertaining yeah. kind of catch. It was a lot of fun. Well, what's funny is I thought it was cool, but we came back and Kayla was like, no, that, that was fun, but I'm good. I'm good. So we never did it again here in Georgia. We moved from here to California, never did it there. And then we moved to Hawaii, and I'm like, well, i got to find a way to go to different places because on the island of Oahu... It is downtown, which is um, uh, the Honolulu, Waikiki. Everyone knows Waikiki. And then the North Shore. Like, that's, if you look up places to go in Oahu or on Oahu, that's what you see. And so I was like, okay, there's this whole rest of this island that I need to, to find and to see. And, to, and so I was like, I'm going to look into that. And I remember messaging you because Facebook was kind of in its big rise. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's on Facebook and messaging you because I'd seen your adventures with your tick, tick magnets, right? Mm-hmm. I'd seen y'all's adventures. And I'm like, okay, she can tell me what I need. And you told me to get the app. And um, I met my friend Dana through that. 
and I'll never, so our first one that we found, I'm not kidding you, she and I had just met, like we met in a park, we don't know each other, we're just like, we're both homeschool moms with kids, hey, we're in this group, I mean, she could have been catfishing me, and we could have been gone, I have no idea, you know, I'm like, I, I swear to God, I'm lucky sometimes the things I do that I'm still here today to sit in my little corner office. Um, but yeah, so it was her and her kids. We met in the park, and she's like, okay, well, here's the first geocache. And we're, it's supposed to be around this tree, and we're walking, and we're looking. And then Caleb, being Caleb, decides he's going to climb the tree. And he reaches up and grabs, like, this little bitty stump of a, of a stick like maybe where a branch had started to grow and he tries to climb and it comes out in his hand, it was a freaking cache. <laughs> it was a freaking geocache. Someone had taken a, a stick and glued it to this little bitty plastic thing and shoved it in a hole, drilled a hole in the tree and made it look like it was a cut off branch from the tree. There's actually one here. Um, I don't know if it's still here or not. It's one of the first ones that I got many, many years ago but it's just off of Moody Road. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those little plastic pegs, but it's glued to a piece of bark and stuck into a hole in a tree. And so, I mean, it it blends in perfectly. I hate those. I absolutely hate those. There was one we found, um, somebody, I guess, found online a, um, like, plastic, it looked like chewed up bubble gum, but it was like a little plastic gag Mm -hmm. thing that you could put somewhere, and they had done a hole in it, and they'd put the, the thing, and it was stuck up underneath a railing on a hike. Oh, trying to find that. <laughs> like, are you kidding? And, and I'm the cheater. Dana calls me a cheater because I would go through the logs and look yes. for pictures. And I read all the stuff. And Dana's the one that's like, it says it's in, you know, a, you know, a five-foot radius right here. Sheila's just like just jumps in and starts shoving her hands into holes and stuff. And I'm like, uh, there's centipedes in Hawaii. <laughs> there's critters out here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, hell no. That is no, something no, no. <laughs> that we, I guess I should be knocking on wood, but um, we have run into very few snakes mm. or very few things that, you know, we were, yeah. critters that we were intimidated by. Yeah. Um, I ended up in the emergency room one time. And that was because something stung my finger, uh-huh. and I had an allergic reaction yeah. to it. I mean, I still have the little hole there, and it's oh been years. But um, and my arm just kept swelling and kept swelling, and uh, my two geo buds, they're like, we need to take you and, and take you to the emergency. I'm like, I'm fine. Let's just keep cashing. Let's keep cashing. <laughs> you are hardcore. <laughs> like, my whole hand is swollen, and then my forearm <sighs> swollen. It's coming up my elbow. Oh, my God. And they're like, that's it. We're... We're, we're just going to the emergency oh room. Just throw you in there. We had to go in and get... But, but you know, we were, we were stopping, like, in the Wendy's drive-thru and so getting funny. cups of ice that, you know, put on it. That oh, my God. So you have hysterical. No. That was I, probably I, the only time that, you know, it was not a good day. I would have been passing out and begging. I remember this friend uh, when we lived in Mississippi that I accidentally cut my finger on the Chef Boyardee lid. You remember those lids? You'd pop the lid and it had a little pop top, and you'd peel it back. 
And um, I did one of those, making one of the kids their lunch, and as I peeled it back, it, it just barely nicked my finger. And the smallest amount of blood, and I'm just, I don't do well with anything medical. I'm like, oh, turn into scarlet or hair. I'm like, oh, dear Lord, just take me now. I call my friend, you know, back when it was just a landline. There's no cell phone. I'm calling next door. I'm like, oh, my God, you got to help me. I cut myself, and she's thinking in her mind. Like I cut myself and there's blood everywhere. And she comes to find me. And of course, most of the red is the Chef Boyardee sauce. But <laughs> because I'm such a drama queen, I'm like, it was horrible to me. And so, yeah, she completely mocked me for that. That so. is funny. That is too funny. I think Chewy's my new best yes. friend. Okay, Chewy. Stop. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so geocaching ended up being like one of the best things that I did in Hawaii. It was so much fun. One of the things I love about it, it takes you to places you probably would have never thought to visit before. Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's geological or historical mm -hmm. or just entertaining or interesting in some other way. Mm -hmm. There's thousands of places we visited that I would have never seen if I hadn't been geocaching. Yeah, that in Hawaii, ironically, it's the same way. It's kind of how I ended up getting into hiking. So I'm sure you've seen all my different hiking mm -hmm. posts when I lived there and all the different places. That's kind of how I started hiking because I was looking at these geocaches and you realize there's no road that goes <laughs> near where this thing is. And I'm like, how do you get to that? And so I zoom in and I realize, oh, it's a hiking trail. And in my mind, I'm thinking you know, a pair of tennis shoes mm -hmm. and, you know, just kind of like a walk in the woods hiking. And then eventually that's where I started in those, like, you know, today we're 2,000 feet in the air and we did five and a half miles each way, but I got two geocaches. Exactly. I signed one little tiny piece of paper yeah. and I feel accomplished. Yeah. yeah. But that's how I started the hiking and everything, which became another love of mine mm -hmm. when I was in... Hawaii, and neither of which I've done here in, back in Georgia because, like you mentioned, the snakes, like, that would not. I mean, I could count on one hand with 5,000 geocaches. I don't want to count on any hand. They're more afraid of you than they are. I don't think so. I think you're <laughs> underestimating. <laughs> okay, you might, they may peg your drama meter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that you're giving me a little too much credit <laughs> goodness so speaking of animals I got to visit your house a few weeks ago yes. and someone has a farm lives on a farm now yes you have a goat in your front yard I have two you have two goats <laughs> and they hang Daisy out and they Lily. hang out with your chickens yes <laughs> they hang out with my dogs too oh it actually God. gets kind of funny like um they're pinned most of the time, mm -hmm. but um, they stay in the yard. So, like, when I'm out there, I let them out, and they walk around with me. They don't run away or anything. Oh, wow. they're, uh, we got them when they were five days old. They're twins. Aww. And so they were bottle-fed. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're very imprinted and attached. Oh, my goodness. But um, they'll, they'll play with the dogs, and they play with the, with the chickens. You know, the, the dogs will headbutt them like the dogs think That's they're goats. And, you know, the chickens are just afraid of everybody. But the chickens will come up 
because the chickens want the goat food and the mm-hmm. goats like the chicken food. Of so course. They're always swapping. Like back children. And forth. Exactly. Doesn't matter you know, what always what somebody else has kind yeah. of thing. But you know, Daisy, she's the one with the little white spots on her head. She'll bend over and push the push the chickens away and you know, they'll squawk a little bit and then they come right back. So yeah, they all they all do one great. That is so And we we so plan to grow our little farm. All right, so then do you have a green thumb? I remember yeah. seeing on Facebook where at one point, it was probably about three or four years ago, you were organizing a seed trade. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually getting ready to go do one down in Perry. Perry has one coming up next next week, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I love having a garden. Mm-hmm. I love planting. Having free-range chickens and goats makes having a garden and landscaping very difficult. Yeah. Um, Especially with the goats, I would think, wanting to eat everything. Everybody says that. And that was my impression before I got goats. Uh But my goats like my roses. Okay. The blackberries. um, And every other plant that I want to keep planted. Yeah. They don't touch a single weed. Oh, God. Not a single weed. They only eat the stuff I don't want them to eat. Yeah. It's like they know. Yeah. They know. Well, it's like a hearty plant. It's like a steak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're like, I don't yeah. want this flimsy yeah. little. We have a big uh, fig tree in the yard. Mm-hmm. I figure they would be tearing up that fig tree. They barely touch the fig they tree. They don't touch the fig tree. Fig trees are very hardy. Yeah, but they didn't really care. They didn't really but care. But they like that rose. The rose. The bush. roses. Oh my goodness. The trellis that's above the walkway. Mm-hmm. If you look at it real close, you'll see that it's pretty much eaten out. <laughs> Three and a half, almost four foot level, because that's where the girls can get their hooves up and where they can oh eat from God. there down. So it looks like this big mushroom cloud of, of <laughs> branches going all over the place and then a whole bunch of little bear sticks. <laughs> <at the laughs> uh, I always thought I would want to have sheep. Yeah, they're so fluffy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, but then, you know. You'll have to come over and pet the goats, especially when they have their winter coats on. Mm-hmm. It feels just like your dog. They're really? really that soft, which is kind of, they look like they would be wiry. Yeah. Kind of hair, almost more like a terrier or something. Mm-hmm. No, they're actually very, very fluffy. They're very spoiled, very fluffy. Interesting. But I would love to get alpaca. That would be like my dream animal to have. And then I would I would definitely shave them and make my own wool and crochet yeah. my own socks. Oh and, my God. You know, all that crazy you know, 1880s kind of. You're a serious hippie. I look at you. I've turned into a little bit of a hippie. The older I get, the more, I don't want to say free spirited because I might get me in trouble. (laughs) No, it's (laughs) true. But you do, yeah. You you relax about so many things after a certain age. You just, it's water off a duck's back. Yeah. You know, you just kind of just flow with it. You think, oh, that's kind of cool. I think I'll just do that because I want to do that. You don't feel like I, you have to answer to people anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, maybe it's part of it is you don't feel like you have to impress anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like, oh, people are going to think I'm the weirdo. You're like, eh, every neighborhood needs a weirdo. Everybody needs a Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I've kind of learned most of the time people are going to talk about you anyway. Give them yeah. something interesting to talk Give about. Give them something interesting. Speaking of giving them something to look at, when I go to your Facebook page, occasionally I will see something about stalkers. Yeah. About I've had my stalkers again. (laughs) Tell me about this, stalkers. Because, quite frankly, I'm going to be honest, I feel like I'm a little bit of a stalker, like a cyber stalker, because I don't really go on Facebook to post that much. I mean, Mm -hmm. I did when I was in Hawaii because I would post um, my hikes, but... If you were to go through my Facebook, 
you're not going to see like, oh, we went to church today and we had a great day or, oh, feeling cute, might delete later, you know, like you're, you're not going to find all of these kind fluffs. of, yeah, fluff, fluffs, yeah, yeah, fluffy kind of things. I am, I'm basically there to stalk my friends and see what they're doing mm-hmm. that is most likely more interesting than what I'm doing currently. So, um, yeah, so who is your stalker? Can you say who your stalker is? Do you have, like, a real stalker, or is this, like, a pretend stalker? It's, no, it's it's kind of like my semi-affectionate name for those people, but I get a big chuckle out of people that will um, never say anything on your Facebook mm-hmm. and never like anything or repost anything mm-hmm. or, I mean, they barely post on their own page. Right. But they seem to know everything about my life. So I'll run into them at the store, the mall, or whatever, and um, they'll say, I know this about you and this other about you. And I'm like, well, why don't you just join in the conversation? Yeah. You obviously have something to say about yeah. it. You know, I mean, that's the whole purpose of Facebook is right. to have conversations. Why do you wait to run into me at the store instead yeah. of just, hey, whatever, hey, whatever, yeah. or I went to that place too, or did you try such and such, or, or whatever? You know, I said, it's like, are they afraid people are going to know they were on Facebook? Right. You know, I have I, You've been my Facebook friend for seven years, and I yeah. run into the grocery store finally. And you can tell me everything I've done for the last seven years. Yeah. But you've never liked or commented on a single thing I've done. That's what I call my stalkers. Yeah. yeah well, so. well, I'll, maybe we can add me to, to like your stalker. Because I, I, I don't know, but I comment every once in a while. Yeah, I do comment every. So here's the thing: this opposite thing has happened to me before. Is a lot of times. People who I live near, especially when I was in California and again in Hawaii because we lived on base, I would either not follow them on Facebook, even though we were Facebook friends, I would either not follow them or um, I would just kind of scroll past and sometimes I'd read their stuff and sometimes I wouldn't because I would feel like, oh, I'm going to see them at the commissary, you know. Make a mental note talk about it later, right? But it's also when you live so close to people... Sometimes watching those social media things like um, watching Instagram and watching Facebook, it can sometimes, especially as a military spouse living in military housing, it can make you feel isolated because you'll see people that you know and people that you feel you're really good friends with and they're all hanging out and they all went to do something, you know, Oh, went with my besties to the movie, or... And you um, felt like you sat home, right. why didn't somebody give me a call? Right. Yeah. Like, well, my ass is at home on Friday night, and I 100% <laughs> would have gone to the movie, you know? And so that was one of the reasons why I would oftentimes just either scroll past or heavy posting people, I would just hide from my feed. Um, because I'm like, if I see them, I'll ask them what's up. But here's the kicker. A lot of those people who post a lot expect you to know what's going on and they don't remember half the time because they have so many people who do comment Mm -hmm. and who do like or react or whatever Facebook calls it these days to their posts that you run into them and then they just start talking as if you You know know what's going on. And this has actually happened to me where a person started talking to me, telling me about their husband's deployment and how stressful it was. And I'm like, whoa, hold the phone. When did he deploy? And they're like, uh, it's been all over my Facebook page. Right. Like two months yeah. ago. And you're There's like, some obligation for you to follow everything. Yeah. And it's, 
you know, I'm sorry. I don't really do a whole lot, you know, and so then I feel like I have to apologize. So it's like I have the opposite of stalkers. I have the obligatory friends, the, yeah. the people that I feel like I have to maintain what's going on. It, it, to me, and I think about that, I mean, that person sounds like they think they're a celebrity and that, you know, your life is going to revolve around what they're posting or whatever, and that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's... And it's more than one. I have more. I have more than one friend like that who it's the things that they post are. I don't. I don't know so much that they think that everyone should be. It's like I think that they're on there so much, and they read every single post that their friends do, mm-hmm. and they know everything that goes on in their friends' lives because of what's on Facebook. That they can't imagine that I'm not doing the same thing. You know, like you know, my biggest fault is when you just like, I guess when we're talking about like that disconnect between what people should know or don't know, mm-hmm. or whatever. I always assume that everybody in my circles knows everybody in my circles. Oh yeah. You know, so like if you come to my house, I've known you for yeah, eight, ten, each other, ten yeah, years, whatever. Ten years, yeah. You know, so when you show up, and and I realize, I realize my friend group is very eclectic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people I know from. Obviously, homeschooling mm-hmm. to geocaching to winemaking, or just people I know from you know people you meet along the street or in your neighborhood or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But because I've known you for so long, I just kind of assume that you know the people that I know, right. and I have to sometimes stop and say, "Oh no, I need to introduce her because she may have been at my house ten times, and they may have been at my house ten times. It doesn't mean they were here at the same time." Right. Well, speaking of events, so I'll get to Bunko in a minute. You hosted a really fun event at Christmas time, which was a book exchange, but it's oh, a okay. Swedish book exchange. It's Icelandic. Icelandic, that's what Icelandic, it is. Icelandic, yeah. and what's it called again? Do you remember? Jakloba flood. There you go. Yeah. So and so it's just kind of like the Yule time book flood or mm-hmm. Yule time book exchanges. And and the whole idea is that it's books and chocolate. Right. Yes, there's an Icelandic tradition that on New, uh, Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. everybody reads books and eats chocolate. Mm-hmm. So this was our second year hosting it. We did it last year and then did it again this year. And it's probably one of my favorite things that we do as a party at our house because it's mm-hmm. you don't have to buy a book. You just grab something that you already right. read, you wrap it up, you grab something chocolatey, and we all just get to hang out, talk about books, catch up on life, do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, no real agenda or pressure mm-hmm. or... Or anything along that line. Yeah. Um, just I really enjoyed it. Although I will say I feel like I'm the only one who brought a used book. Every one of those books that people brought look like brand new books. And then mine was like listing to the left. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was loved. I've read this book so many times. But I've also given that book away and repurchased it so many times that when you said, you know, bring one of your favorite books and just wrap it up, like bring a used right. book, one of your favorite books, it's like, of course, I have to bring it, Bet Me by Jennifer Cruz. I mean, that's, it is my favorite book. I've handed it out to numerous friends. I've, I've given it away. I've loaned it. Yeah. The book I got was actually um, an author signed book. I don't know if she went to the signing or it was just like a mm-hmm. book club after the fact or whatever. So it was used to, so. It just didn't it was, Okay. So. Just, yeah, just, some people are just very gingerly with their books, yeah. man. I'm like, 
hug it and yeah. crumple it back and yeah. roll up with a cup of tea. You know, I need to flatten I, it out so I can see the words really well. <laughs> I'm normally eating while yeah. I'm, I'm doing it. I don't dog ear. I don't no, dog ear. I don't dog ear. But I will but roll I, the pages yes. back into themselves. To yeah, I, and I need to. I need it to be flattened out so that I can like. I will normally put. Bless you, Chewy. I will normally put the, the uh, my plate on the edge of it to kind of help keep it open. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I actually, so I got one book. I still haven't read that book. I then came home, my mom gave me a book. Um, I haven't read that book yet. I still haven't finished reading the book that I had started reading before that <laughs> event. I, it's, so it's like, it I, I know. We're at the end I, of January. I, no, stop. Five weeks. Ah, I know. I'm saying that's not bad though. I'm, it's not like it's fun to find the I know. Right? It's I'm the worst at going through phases of TV and books. So I kind of fluctuate before, between um, just binge watching TV and then binge reading books. And so, I have a bad habit. When I start a book, I just I become consumed with that book, mm -hmm. and I just want to read that book and read that book and read that book and read that. Then I have to like walk away from books for a while so that I can have the rest of my life, mm -hmm. you know, going on, and then I'll be like, I want to read a book today. Well, we were so then we started on events at your house, which mm -hmm. and we went on to the the book thing. But you mentioned Bunko, and this is hysterical because when you got here, we were talking about that someone mentioned Bunko at the book thing, and so I had to clarify. This is the Bunko group that me and another friend started um, like 10 years ago with the homeschool group. We believe it is. Well, right? it's a lot of the same people. That group kind of fell apart and everybody kind of went their own ways and uh -huh. did their own thing. So we hadn't played Bunko in a couple of years. Okay. And then a little while back, we had gone to, um, was it Bunko for Breast Cancer or okay. something like that? Yeah. And a few of us had gone to that and we were like, Boy, we really miss Bunko. And then mm -hmm. somebody else hosted the Bunko, and we'd gone over there to Bunko. And then we were like, okay, Tammy, you're, it was kind of like voluntold. Tammy, mm -hmm. you're going to be the new Bunko person. We'll just mm -hmm. have Bunko here all the time. <laughs> so so oh, now right. that's how we end up having wow. Bunko. So it's an night. iteration of the Bunko group started. Right. And it kind of like that Bunko group, the one that you had started, you know, a lot of those people have left the area. Mm -hmm. You know, their kids have gone off to college, so they're empty right. nesting in different ways or whatever. But it kind of like, it just kept trying. You could see like little puffs of it. Mm -hmm. puffs, I think I can, trying I think I can, to... I think I can. And then yeah. this one's, this one's a stuff. So the thing fun. that I hated about that Bunko group was the $5 gift card. I'm like, just uh, bring damn $5. Yes. But some, there were people that had an issue with money and they were calling it gambling. And so without even discussing it, um, the other person I started it with um, was just like, okay, well, some people have issue with gam think it's gambling, so we're just going to do it as $5 gift card, and everybody bring a $5 gift card, and then we exchange it and do Dirty Santa every single month, and then everybody walks away with $5. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's fine. But looking back, I'm like, that was the most irritating thing. I can remember <laughs> having to go buy a new $5, and there's only so many places and then five dollars like what yeah. the hell you, you cannot even you can't even get something that yeah i know like are you kidding a five dollar but my bunko group in hawaii it was five dollars and more often than not i walked away with nothing at the end of the day but it was five dollars and then you brought um food to share like one dish to share which the one here whoever was hosting did all of the food 
right. and then everybody and then somebody else hosted the next mm-hmm. time yeah. yeah and so it was like it was a heavy financial burden to whoever hosted um but only for that one month so then theoretically for 11 months then all you'd you have to do is a five dollars I like it better where everybody brings, you know, something for potluck, and we did the $5, because every once in a while, I would win, you know, cash, right. and you walk away with cash, and it's like, You're yeah. not forced to go someplace you didn't right. want to go, just to spend I do like cash. I do. <laughs> <laughs> this, this group has kind of evolved in how we did it. Um, we, we did start off, and we still do the $5 cash, mm-hmm. and then we've got our little breakdown of, you know, right. all the different winners. Not everybody walks away with something, right. but, you know, we try to keep enough categories that a good number of people um, can win. But we started out just saying, just bring something to share. We didn't care what you brought. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we got one time, we had like seven hummus dishes. So we had to start dividing it out. I don't know how it always worked out in Hawaii, but it did. But what's funny is, is... Different people had different things that they were, like, known for bringing. Alice was the pizza girl. And one time somebody brought pizza, and everyone turned on her. It's like a They're like, uh, you know Alice brings pizza. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? Alice brings pizza. There is what? this book that my friend Shay had uh, let me borrow of hers, and I absolutely loved it. It was called, like, Bread and Wine or something like that. Uh-huh. It was based on the premise that our lives cycle around food, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, but they had a dinner club. They had started this dinner club. And the same thing, they said naturally people slide into the role of bringing a particular thing. Mm-hmm. Like one girl started bringing appetizers. So all the time she brought appetizers. So she was the appetizer lady. Mm-hmm. So nobody else would bring appetizers. Somebody else you know, was a particular type of salad or side dish. And they were talking, the same thing. You slide into that role and people just kind of expect you to stay in right. your lane. Stay in your lane. Everybody stay out of your lane. Yeah. We yeah. have one lady that brings these chocolate chip cookies that mm-hmm. are absolutely adored by another one of the ladies. Mm-hmm. Every time she'll sign up, if she's bringing sweet, she'll just say, Wendy's favorite cookie. Oh, that's awesome. Wendy's favorite. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, before we finish, I do want to do a plug for your charity that you've started doing. I don't know if it's an actual, um, like, you, you get to use it as a tax deduction charity or if We're it's just like We're in the like process local... of upgrading it to a nonprofit. Right okay. now it's just an LLC. Mm-hmm. It's called Got Party, Got Purpose. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we just pick somebody else's cause and purpose and we support them for, mm-hmm. for a month each. So we have 12 different causes that we'll support each year. Mm-hmm. And we'll do pretty much anything that anybody needs. Mm-hmm. And this past month for January of this year, we found a preschool teacher at one of the Title I schools that was using her own money to buy snacks for kids oh. in the pre-K program. Because they're Title I families, so there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of disposable income in the household. Right. So some kids, their families just couldn't afford to provide snacks for them every day. So she was going out and buying them for herself. Mm-hmm. So we all pitched in and bought oodles of snacks oh, for wow. them. I mean, it was like an entire cart of snacks wow. that she was just, she was overwhelmed when she saw it. She was so grateful, and I know the kids were grateful too, and it just, it seems like such a small thing, but it mm-hmm. gives us an opportunity to, to talk about what those needs are too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of educational for all of us. We sometimes lose touch with what it's like to be that young family again. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're a little bit older. We've already been through our bumps and bruises, but right. we kind of forget sometimes where, where we came from or where we started. Right. But um, there are tons of organizations to support. And, mm-hmm. and when we got together, we kind of decided that we weren't going to recreate the wheel in any way. We were mm-hmm. just going to search out people that were already doing good 
and help them do that. And support them. And you mostly support uh, local groups here in Georgia, right? Or a Absolutely. local person? Or Absolutely. Group. There have been very few times where we've done things outside of the, the mm -hmm. local area. We have supported Operation Gratitude, mm -hmm. which does care packages for first responders and veterans. Everything else, you know, just off the top of my head, has, has been local. Yeah. Now, do you have a way if people... Um, is there something I know you have a Facebook page so mm -hmm. anyone listening if you want to get more information about get purpose. I got party got purpose and they there's a, a private group so when you pull it up you'll probably see that there's a group out there and then there's an actual Facebook page okay and they can also get in touch with us through connecting the dots Houston County Georgia okay and that's actually how we started um, there was a town hall meeting there had been a murder a local murder okay. and people were kind of fed up and somebody organized a town hall style meeting and they brought in everybody from um, making regional crime stoppers. They brought the DA, the mayor, the police chief. Everybody mm -hmm. got up and did kind of like a little mini State of the Union, but kind of like State of Warner Robins kind yeah. of kind of speech about what was going on in the community. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there and I was listening and it actually absolutely surprised me that people didn't know what resources were already available. Mm -hmm. So like there was this big disconnect between people and resources and resources and people. You know, people were standing up saying, well, why aren't there more volunteer opportunities? And I'm like, what? Yeah. And people were saying, well, why can't we get this service? I'm like, what? So that's where we started connecting the dots, was okay. just to get people and resources and resources and people connected. And then Got Party Got Purpose was born out of that because we always have parties. And one of the ladies one time said, we really should give these parties a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of started where we were like, okay, well, let's, let's look at what mm -hmm. we can do. And the more we started asking and the more we started listening, the more we found that there were so many opportunities to get involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll we'll never we could run this or this group for ten years and never touch every organization just within our local community mm -hmm. that needs support or help. So, do you have a way if someone who doesn't live in Middle Georgia, if they wanted to give to the group, do y'all do like like um, financial? Um, um, until our nonprofit paperwork comes back, mm -hmm. we're we're not accepting You're not cash donations. Okay. Yeah, we hope to be in the near future because there are a lot of people that that would like to give, mm -hmm. and then we, we actually have one lady in our group, she she says it all the time, and it cracks me up, just let me write a check. Just let me write a check. <laughs> yeah. Just let me write a check. So um, it, it's kind of kind of like a, a joke with all of us and stuff like that, but it's true, and, and that's how some people give, and that's how they participate, right. and we do need to open that up so they have an opportunity to be mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah, but maybe, maybe if people look at yours and kind of see what you all have, they might could search in their own community. We've gone out and we've done some marketing with organizations um, to kind of explain what we're doing and why we're doing it and how mm -hmm. they can start it on their own. Mm -hmm. Because we're at a good size as far as the group goes. Mm -hmm. And we've got enough active people to meet every goal. We, mm -hmm. We've exceeded every goal that we've ever set, which mm -hmm. is an absolute blessing. But... Our group doesn't need to grow. We need more groups like our group right. in other places mm -hmm. or even in the same place, mm -hmm. but addressing different issues or different. even the same issues. It doesn't matter. Just more people. Um, that way, instead of doing 12 a year, and, and actually last year we did over 30 mm -hmm. um, groups that we helped, but instead of, even if everybody just did 12 mm -hmm. and you, know, you get five groups doing 12, that's 60. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming in and it's sitting and chatting. Fly. It does fly. It's, <laughs> it's funny. Everyone says the same thing. It's You get to talking and get to hanging out and get to reliving memories and then talking about new stuff. And it's like before you know it, the time has just 
flown, flown by. So, but thank you so much. Thank you for hanging out with Chewy. I yes. hope he wasn't too annoying. He's a sweetheart. Becoming your, your newest stalker fan. Yeah. <laughs> everybody needs a stalker. Yeah. I'll tell you, everybody needs a stalker. <laughs> Well, Chewy and I are here to, to serve your stalker needs. There you go. <laughs> I feel the feel. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I'm sure I'll, hopefully I'll see you at your next Icelandic book party. Or, well, or sooner. That's not till December. We better do something sooner. Okay. Got to get it on my calendar. Because, you know, I'm just so busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stalk your Facebook and find out how busy you, you really are. That's what you can do. You could be my stalker. I'm going to be your stalker, Thank too. Thank you. Reciprocal stalkers. Nice. I like that. All right. Take care. See you later. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to Salty with a Side of Sweet. New episodes are up every other Monday, plus bonus episodes mixed in. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss anything. Our theme music is Welcome to the Show by Kevin McLeod.